0: Hi, I'm Scott Fitzpatrick Welcome to the GAF podcast This podcast is for professionals who want to work in the advisory space It's a series of conversations and essential frameworks to give better advice It's the stuff they don't teach you at uni It's where value sits So buckle in, volume up Let's go. In this podcast, I chat with Alan Duncan from the Private Wealth Network. For advisors out there listening, there are several lenses to look through here. The Private Wealth Network looks after 150 of the top families in Australia. So it's interesting to get their viewpoint on what they're after from their advisors. Secondly, it's a very entrepreneurial business. And thirdly, it's a look into the future for future service offerings for these family groups. So if you're aspirational and want to work more with these groups, it's a great listen. Hi there everyone, Scott Fitzpatrick here with another episode of The Gaff. I've got my good friend with me, Alan Duncan from Private Wealth Network. Great to have you here. Real man? pleasure. Real pleasure to be here, Scott. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's great, mate. Now, this is in the spirit of building an entrepreneurial business, we want to hear about the Private Wealth Network, which is unique in the financial services marketplace as a subscription business. But before we launch into how and why and what's the service you offer, let's let's get a bit of your background first. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah,
1: thanks, Scott. So, yeah, born and, born and raised in, in uh, Sydney. Uh, the formative part of my career, I actually worked for The Economist, so background is what was then called publishing, these days you'd call it media, <laughs> uh, media and Showing events, like yeah, you a, a little bit, a little yes. bit, a little bit. Um, but I had the good fortune to work with them um, in a few different places around the world, so in Tokyo for some years and then um, in um, Europe, based in Vienna, and uh, one of the services that The Economist provides, I mean obviously best known for its uh, magazine, but they have something called the Economist Corporate Network, which is a live briefing service for CEOs of multinationals around the world. So that was really um, quite formative in my uh, background. Came back to Australia and uh, worked with a local affiliate called the CEO Forum. And um, a couple of guys that uh, ran that, uh, James O'Toole and Chris Cheatley, uh, were just terrific operators, so learned a hell of a lot from them as well.
0: Oh, great. And then what... Now, the Private Wealth Network, let's talk about that. I think uh, I'll, I'll have a crack at it first, but it's 150 families. It's a subscription service. You offer a range of events for these significant families. You need a significant amount of wealth to be a member of this. Is that what you'd say? Correct. And how long yep. has that business been going for, and what was the origination of that?
1: Yeah, so we're about 12 years into the journey. And, look, it, it came about uh, through a meeting um with myself and uh, Richard Milroy, who's now my um, uh, business partner. And uh, Richard had got to know um, a lot of these families through his work in uh, impact investing. So he'd put on a bunch of conferences in impact investing. A lot of these families were attracted to those activities. Um, he then was involved in setting up um, uh, Ethical Investor magazine and a few other things and when I met him, he said, Al, he says, these families just want to get together and talk about things. Mm, interesting. And uh, it was sort of a combination of that with the experience I'd had at The Economist with this Economist corporate network. So it was sort of um, market meets, um, you know, structure, if you like. Vastly oversimplified, of course, but that, that's the easiest way to think about it.
0: Yeah. So tell me about day one, going, oh, okay, we've <clears throat> got a concept here or an idea. Is this going to work? And yeah. then how do we transition all these families yep. into a 12-month program or whatever it is? Yeah.
1: So, look, it it it, um, it came about over a couple of years. So, when we first met, uh, Richard and I had separate businesses, separate companies. And uh, technically, um, Richard's company became a client of, of my company. Um, but what happened over the course of a couple of years is we started working more and more together on particular projects. And... I was increasingly attracted to the opportunity set that PWN, or what was the the precursor to PWN, um, offered. And so I approached Richard and said, look, we're doing all these things together, but we've got separate teams, separate companies, separate offices, why don't we have a crack and throw it all together? So we we came to an agreement and and we did that. And um, then, you know, Richard was very, well connected with a lot of these families, putting on some great events. Um, But what we started to do um, was firstly focus on the key event, which is the Family Office Congress. So that's the genesis of the entire um, business. Uh, And then on a quarterly basis to put on other smaller conferences. So we did that and what we noticed was that a lot of the same people were coming to each of those conferences. And then we started working with some partners, so some sponsors, and we worked with them on a, on a range of smaller activities like our lunches and various things. And so we'd put them into the um, other parts of the year. And so we started to build out a full program of activity, oh, okay. um, which was funded in different ways and not by membership at that stage. Um, so it was just sort of more transactional. So it was of sort of
0: pay to, pay to play initially. You'd Correct. go to the Family yep. Office Congress, you yep. pay a fee for that. If there another lunch, you'd go to that. Correct. And then over a period of time, you went, oh, I think we've got a full 12-month program here. That's it, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And then, so, you know, with, with the the membership, really what, you, what we were looking for was um, clients that come back for multiple activities each year. And that was definitely the case. And then it was a question of um, formulating a membership uh, offering and taking it to some of those um, people we knew best and saying, well, rather than having a transactional relationship with us, um, and every time we speak to you, we just try and sell you a ticket, how about you buy something up front, we'll call it a membership, come to all of these things, um, and actually we can talk about some far more interesting things
0: with you as we go. Mm. Which sort of leads me to two questions. You know, well, a statement first is you've got quite an enviable client base as such, and we'll talk about that client base in a minute. But, you know, also what's the problem you're solving for these family groups? So maybe give us a little bit of detail about the types of clients who suit, best suit your membership. Yeah. And then what's the problem that you're solving? For yeah, okay. Group? So, uh, so
1: we, we describe our client base as families or individuals of significant wealth. Um, you know, other people might call it family office market or the ultra high net worth market. Um, and so it's families where there's enough wealth involved that, um, the eldest generation, um, you know, the founders or whoever is the eldest generation and their kids and grandkids would not need to work a day in their life if they didn't want to. Um, now the amount of uh, total capital involved there can vary depending on the spending patterns of, of the family. Um, and in terms of the problems that we're solving for, so on the surface of things, um, we would say it's it's about learning, it's about uh, benchmarking, and um, you know, continuous improvement, etc. But there's actually some more fundamental things that we think that we're solving for as well, which would be um, about connection and belonging. So, you know, th- there are very real issues um, that our members face that are very difficult to go down the pub and have a chat about. Yeah. Um, you know significant wealth brings tremendous opportunity and upside but it can also bring uh, challenge there's no doubt it brings complexity to life there's absolutely no doubt about that um, and it can be quite a burden for some um, who are not who don't feel that they're prepared for or that they're interested um, and that they don't have a choice in the situation
0: And so a lot of these issues are whilst there are financial issues and you know investment decisions which we, we broadly, sweep past, a lot of these are family issues. Correct. Absolutely, yeah. Brought and, yeah. And what you're saying is they've got no forum to have a chat with other people like themselves, yeah, or yeah. it'd be you know, some sort of safe environment to talk about this.
1: Correct. Thing. Yes, that's it. I mean, at, at the most fundamental, I mean, we, we focus our content around three uh, core areas. <clears throat> and interestingly, because we put on a lot of content that almost everything seems to come back to to fit in one or more of these these areas. So that's investing, it's family dynamics, uh, and it's philanthropy. And it's that family dynamics piece where often families will first come to us um, because it's, it's not easy, actually. Mm. And there's no one-size-fits-all outcome. It really depends on the family, uh, the values of the family, the structure of the family, the, you know, the risk tolerance of the family, um, the number of people in the family. There's you know, so many different variables. Um, and even if the variables all look the same from one family to another,
0: you've got different personalities. So, so, so how does this run? Um, you get them all in a room together and someone's going to be a facilitator. There's going to be different lunches or different topics that they would generally turn up for. And the topics, I assume, are spread between something that may be of interest to the founder, but also maybe of interest to a younger generation coming through as well.
1: That's correct. Yeah, there's lots of different topics that, that we approach in different formats. So at the heart of what we do is what we call our peer groups. So that's member-only groups of, say, between a dozen and 20 people, depending on the topic. Um, they get together five or six, maybe seven times a year as that same group. Um, so they develop a really trusted environment within that, that, um, that peer group. Uh, some of those are focused on uh, investments. So we'll talk about different asset classes, about markets. We'll talk about investor psychology. We'll talk about how AI might, um, not might, but it yep. is impacting um, uh, decision-making. Um, it's interesting, even when we start with those different topics, often we come back to talk by the end of the conversation about the family. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay, because you can't yeah. divorce
1: one from from yeah. the other. Um, at the end of the day, um, we have other peer groups that are um, focused around what we call family wealth, so more to do with the family dynamics, the intergenerational transition, the family education, family communication, those sorts of those sorts of topics, and then some more uh, focus groups around uh, property ownership, around impact investing. We've got a group for of family office CEOs. Um, we're starting up some deal flow groups um, around investing, um, et cetera. Um, and then we've got some larger forums where we invite uh, our members to interact with prospective members. Um, so we run those in most of the um, – all of the six chapters that we have, um, Australian, New Zealand, city-based chapters. Um, and then we still do the Family Office Congress. Yep. So that's gone from a you know, pay-per-use um, conference to our annual um, – Members retreat, albeit city-based, uh, and these days we're getting sort of 400, 500 people uh, wow. attending. So that'll be yeah. in in um, in Melbourne uh, in May of, uh, of this year, uh, and then we've um, we've also developed some uh, a tour business. So we have um, what we call our international insight tours. Yes, we take groups of say fifteen to twenty-five members to um, different parts of the world. So uh, a lot of fun, very intense. Um, immersive uh, learning meeting with local families
0: uh, different places around the world mm, it's a great service isn't it when you look back on that and go and so what's the typical fee that people pay for that typical fee so standard
1: membership fee is around 20 grand plus yep. plus GST yep and then I obviously
0: pay for their own tours and things like that uh, tours <laughs> yes it
1: costs considerably more on, on top of that um, absolutely but the 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 fee includes most of uh, what I've outlined there for, for your standard family.
0: Great, and just so let's just keep rolling on with this. So, w- what are you seeing out there in the market Al, between this family office, multi-family office, people setting up their own family offices, the, the struggles with that, or the struggles with maintaining their family office? What's the general vibe out there in the family office market?
1: Yeah, look, I think it's changed a lot tremendously over the last ten or twelve years. So, ten or twelve years ago. Um, the term, even the the term family office was not widely known or understood. Um, I think you could still, even today, ask 10 knowledgeable people what's a family office. You'd get 10 different answers. (laughs) Um, For us, we just use the broadest possible um, understanding of that. So, you know, the structures that families put in place to manage their affairs. Um, And that can be anything from a physical office with full-time staff and uh, through to a virtual family office with advisors, um, you know, there's no one sort of permanent or full time, um, and, and every iteration uh, in between. So, um, so um, yeah, I would anticipate more. So there are certainly the multi-family office scene is uh, an important part of the market. Um, I think we'd probably anticipate that more of those will um, crop up over the next five years. We've certainly seen more appear. Um, you know, over the last 10 years that, that, that there, than there were previously uh, prior to that. Um, and I think there's more of a general acceptability of family offices in the community. So I think if you go to someone now and say, yes, we're a family office, then I think there's, it's more accepted mm. just in yeah. general, general society these yeah, days sure. than it was 10 years ago, which I think is quite interesting.
0: And then having a look at, you know, from an entrepreneurial business point of view, you know, you've got 150 clients and obviously you want to grow that client base to what's the number? Is it 300, 400,
1: 500, 600? 600, yes, is the number that, that we like, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Great. And so where do, where do these, well, I had two questions. Um, how do you fund that growth? And then secondly, where do these uh, clients typically come from? From other advisors, etc.?
1: Yes, uh, so so enter the second part first. So our by far our best channel to market is via trusted advisors. Um, we certainly get some introductions um, via our existing members, um, but it's the advisor community that um, would typically tap their client on the shoulder and say, hey, you guys really need to come along and check out PWN because yep. you're facing these set of challenges and issues, which is what PWN is all about. Um, so uh, that's you know, so relationships that we have with the trust advisor community absolutely crucial for us. And um, you I know, think it's, sorry, it's a yeah. point I probably yeah. should have made
0: at the start that you are completely non-advisory. Correct. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, so we're completely independent. We don't yeah. do any consulting, we're not advisors, yeah. um, we're not um, deal flow. Uh, guys we're not <coughs> licensed excuse me we're not licensed um, yes. to give financial advice um, you know we're not fund managers or anything like that so
0: purely independent um, play yeah great and then you know from an you know from a business point of view how do you you know how do you fund that growth or is there
1: yeah so look we've got some options on the you know that we're considering um, at the moment so you know we've Uh, we have, I mean, the majority of the ownership is with um, my family and with Richard Milroy's uh, family, but we do have some uh, smaller investors involved uh, currently. Uh, And certainly one of the options in the future is to um, seek um, other outside investors. That will certainly enable us to get the growth more quickly. Um, But we've also done a lot of, you know, to get to where we are, we've funded a lot just by the the cash that the business is already um, generating. So... You no, know. no, it's,
0: it's just, yeah. you're all in now. Yeah,
1: That's yeah, yeah. All <laughs> <laughs> That's it, absolutely. That's
0: it. Yeah. And how did you go, just while I've got you then, how did you go through COVID?
1: Well, COVID was really, uh, let's use the word interesting. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to go through, I don't think anyone would, I certainly wouldn't want to go through that again. I, I'd say that we would be in the category of uh, businesses that were, were moderately impacted, Um But our service delivery pre-COVID was, let's say, 98% face-to-face service delivery. And so overnight, we needed to change that to 100% online Mm. service delivery. Um, But we were really delighted, Scott, I have to say, the amount of support that we got and goodwill that our members brought to PWN and the the sense of community that they brought to PWN Mm. during that time was quite amazing. It really just blew us away. That is nice, isn't it? Um, so, you know, we we lost a few members, but um, we are able to really hold our own during that period and, uh, you know, really thankful to our members for what they brought, um, not just in the support, but, you know, being online and just being part of a community during that period. And did that really change
0: some yeah. of your thinking on delivery to go, ah, oh, some of this can be done?
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, although we do know that at the core of, what we do connection is really important mm. and as it stands at the moment the technology uh, is good it's good for learning but it's not nearly as good in our opinion for connection yep. if you really want to get to know someone and connect with someone um, once you know someone then doing things online is much easier yep. but you know that initial period of getting to know people so face-to-face is... is We're back to doing a lot of things face-to-face. We certainly have um, a lot more online now than we used to, but the core of what we do is face-to-face.
0: So that's a really important piece. So you're bringing these family groups together and then you need a facilitator yes. to do that. So your, yes. your choice of facilitator yes. must be extremely important.
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, we, we tra- uh, call it our chair community. Um, so we have a... a a group of I think it's sort of 16 or 18 people now who do that on, on our behalf um, some of those are our in-house team I do a little bit uh, Richard does some and we've got um, some of our team more experienced team that, that, that do that and do a great job but we've also got a number of um, externals uh, that do that for us some of those are members um, but some of them are not they're just people with great experience in whatever is the field but also uh, I guess that touch that ability to be able to hold a group. Um, I always think a great chair or facilitator is like sort of like a traffic cop. You almost don't notice they're there, yeah. um, but occasionally they just need to pull something <coughs> up or move, move something along, <laughs> yeah.
0: so yeah. Uh, very good. And Just from a from a client or a data point of view, um, longevity of client, is there a, an attrition rate? I'm sure there is an attrition rate, yeah. But, yeah. but I think you've been pretty successful.
1: Yeah, look, um, f- my way of thinking is that the you know the most important KPI for a, a business like ours long term is your retention, yep. your retention rate. So long term since the start of the business we're at about 85%. Fantastic. Um, I'd love to get it up to 90 and we have had periods of, of 90 but we've also yep. had uh, periods of, you know, we've grown quickly, lots of new members or, you know, through COVID or what have you. Um, so that's really, really important to us and as a team we really focus around around that and the you know the value that we're providing, the sort of connections that each individual member wants. I mean the, the service on on the surface of things looks the same for each member. but in in the delivery, because there's lots of options, then it can look quite different between mm. different members. And so just making sure our team is, trained to pick up on that, and they can direct our members to the the parts of the service that they're going to get the most benefit from. from. Now, I know you're always
0: on the lookout for new services and new offerings, and you you bring quite a range of speakers from overseas or overseas families in to speak to your families here in Australia. Uh, We do. I mean, I think it's one of the
1: the characteristics about Australia, not just in our market, but in most uh, markets that... um, Australians, for good and for bad, we're at a different part of the world than than most. And so bringing international thinking to what we're doing is really important. There's no doubt that the family office market, if you want to call it that, is uh, more developed in other parts of the world. Um, I mean, the term family office comes out of the US. It's a legal structure there. Um, But obviously the longevity of family wealth in Europe is... Uh, very significant. I think we've heard up to about 17 generations or so, something like that. Um, so yeah, we, we try and get thinkers out. Um, we try and get experts, but particularly we try and get families, uh, you know, interesting um, families that are doing interesting things in their family, in their business, in their passions, etc.
0: Now, I love the fact that all these families are happy to share their wins and losses, <laughs> the trials and tribulations that yes. they've all been through. they're, they're... So a lot of vulnerability. Yes. I really do like that about your group.
1: It's so important. I mean, it's it's interesting, Scott, in the very early days of PWN, sometimes something happens at the time you don't quite realise how striking or how important it it is. But in hindsight, you you, you sort of look back on it. So one of the very first Family Office Congress programs, we had one of the most prominent families um, in Australia get up, a gentleman get up and say to the group, He said, we've got a lot more to gain by sharing than we have by then keeping it to ourselves. Mm. And we couldn't have asked him to say anything better. We hadn't prompted that at all, but he he genuinely believed that. And I think that really helped set the tone. And we spent a lot of time on the culture of what happens in PWN. So, you know, we have the PWN four walls policy, whatever's discussed in the four walls of PWN absolutely stays within the four walls of PWN. Um, That's absolutely crucial, and we say that at at the beginning of every session, just to remind people um, what's expected uh, of them. And what we find is that that means people bring the conversations that are really important to PWN, and therefore it adds a lot. You know, that's a high-value outcome for everyone involved.
0: That's great. Now, I'm just going to move on slightly around... uh Yourself as a business now, you've got you've got a board. We you know, as you know, we're right into advisory boards. Yes, you've got a, you've got a board that's up and running. Yep. Um, how important has that been for you? And then, you know, um, ultimately, is your how's your role changed over a period of time? Yes. Yeah, so you've dealt with that.
1: Yes. Yeah, so so uh, the board is we have a five person board. Yep. So uh, myself and Richard and, and three uh, NEDs um that we meet four or five times a year um i describe it as having been fundamental to our success in many ways um i think in particularly the early days where perhaps um you know richard and my forte was not governance necessarily yep, so it was sure. really important uh, and our chair has been you know just fantastic through the years in, in um, uh, just ensuring that we're doing the right things from a from a governance perspective um, as we um, you know, gear up, if you like, um, for the next phase of, of PWN, um, we, we'll probably look at some more um, growth-related skills, skill sets on, on that board, potentially. Um, and in terms of my role and Richard's role, I'm, I'll probably include Richard in, in here as well. So as two co-founders, quite interestingly, when we first started, uh, he and I uh, were able to work together in a way that we sort of knew what the other would do, um, which was great for us, but terrible for everyone else in the team. (laughs) Of course, no one else had a clue (laughs) who, who who should I ask? Do I need to ask both people? Do I need to ask one? Who (laughs) was it? So of course that, that was pretty short lived. Um, You know, I've taken it in turns, if you like to be the managing director of the business through the years. Richard is currently uh, managing director from about middle of last year. I think he's doing a um, fantastic job at that. Um, And so for, uh, me that means uh, taking on a different role um, which took me a little while to get my head around so it's more of a functional role with, within the business of course it's a bit different because I'm also a founder sit on the board um, but you know what we see for the next phase of the business is bringing in more and more experienced um, people into the team and taking the reliance away from myself and, and Richard over time um, to be there to support the business, um, as others really run the business. That's probably how I would describe it. So um, we're using the um, EOS entrepreneurial operating S- system uh, model, um, and so de- developing that leadership team is is part of that model, and um, that's been so far. It's been working really, really well for us.
0: No, that's great. Yeah, it's good to hear. And uh, let's move on now, because I, you know. I like to talk about many, many years ago when we first met. I used to do the advisor training. Yes, with, with you guys. Yes, that's then, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, which was great fun. Uh, but then I think it became uh, obvious to you guys that maybe not mixing advisors with your client base was such a good idea, or that we need to have some separation. Yes, from these rascal wealth <laughs> managers, accountants, lawyers. Or, or looking for some extra work
1: look it's it's an it's an interesting area to to manage so a, a couple of thoughts there firstly when we first started we did have a membership category for advisors yep um, what we found after a year or two when we stepped back was that the proportion was not right um, our um, family uh, members felt that there were too many advisors in in the community yep. Um, and so we needed to, to change, and so we discontinued that, um, that those advisory uh, memberships. So um, the way that we now structure is at the core of what we do. It's a member-only experience. And then the additional pieces is where we invite other, other parts of the community to come and get involved. Um, and with the advisors, because we, we have good relationships with a lot of advisors, and that's really important to us, just, just to reiterate mm-hmm. that. Um, but we just have a really clear guideline now for how, what's the best way for them to engage with our community.
0: So, no, that's you know,
1: great. So, some of the real basics of, you know, share, don't sell, respect people's privacy, you know, some, just being a good human being, basically.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And that's, that's you know, led me now to, I'll be involved with you guys, which I love being involved with this great organisation, in helping to put together this advisor forum that we're going to run at Randwick Racecourse on the 14th of March.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great fun. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic opportunity for uh, advisors to come and not just hear from some of the leading um, advisors uh, that are out, out there. So there's a fellow called Scott Fitzpatrick, I think he's, <laughs> he's going to yes. be speaking for us. Get him on early. Uh, yep. Scott Whitler um, from uh, McCullough-Robertson is going to be there, but also from some of our PWN um, members and, and clients. Um, So the likes of, uh, for example, David Werdiger, so from a very, very big family enterprise uh, based in Melbourne, but David himself is also a key thinker and quite well published now in in the space. So I'd recommend everyone to to, to Google David Werdiger and have a look at some of uh, his material. Uh, And then, you know, from some other really interesting family um, or families or family offices, um, the Milgram family, for example, so very... Uh, well-known um, in the retail space but the younger generation doing s- something quite different and putting their own mark um, onto um, what they're doing so, a bunch yeah, of so uh,
0: you know when I looked at helping you with the day it was that beautiful piece of that really nice balance of connection and direction we've already got some advisors who are working in these family offices depending on what their role or swim lane is yeah uh, but also the opportunity for other advisors about whether out in accounting legal or wealth who um, would like to you know, inspire, aspire to do more and more of this work. So it's yes. this really lovely mix of, um, you know, a great opportunity for these advisors all to get together, but also it's a really nice mix of there's some technical content in there Yes, about what these... Um, the families require in terms of technical competence, but also you've got the families themselves speaking about what their trials and tribulations are and what they expect from their advisors.
1: That's it. And and I think, look, the the technical skills certainly are very important and and the families need those technical skills. But I think a lot of them see that as sort of a given. And so it's the other interpersonal-type skills that they really look for, so the relationship skills that'll allow them to develop trust with their advisors. Um, So that's really what I I think will be quite compelling
0: to hear from these families. It's it's interesting, the whole emotional intelligence space, which is the space we like to play in. Yes, yes. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to my session as well. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) But, um, Al, that's been great, It's it's been great. It really is, you really are to be congratulated on a unique business, which it sort of led me to one further question. Who are your competitors out there in this space?
1: Yeah, it's a a good question. I mean, we would think of our competitors as being, on the one hand, we don't really want to think too much about our competitors. That is, we've always taken a... um, I'm sure you've heard of the Blue Ocean strategy, which is not to think too much about competitors. You just go out there and try and create something that feels really high-value service in in our case. Um, But I I guess... uh, on another level, there are a lot of different types of competitors. There's very a lot of different service providers that might put on the odd seminar or yes. those, those sorts of things. Um, and another key competitor is families just thinking that they've got it all sorted mm. and they don't need any help. Yep. Um, and I guess there are some families for whom that would be yeah, the want case. To do, do it yes. alone. Yeah, they want to go it alone. Um, who just want to go it alone. Yeah, um, but there are. A lot, I think, that um, would really benefit from our services that are perhaps um, not taking the first step just yet.
0: No, no that's great. So I am gonna I want one more question for you. I want to know, what, I'm going to give you a little bit of breathing space. Well, I want to understand what's your word for the year. If you had to write one word on a rock as yeah. a lens for, for you to look through for the year, what would that word be? Now, I'll give you a second to think about it, because this has been a great session, and I think if you're an advisor out there and you've maybe got clients who fit into this category. I love the way that it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, you're not a competitor to, to the advice. Yes. You're, you're additional Correct. support for the significant families. And so we are going to put the link at the bottom of this for you. Thank for you. you guys. That would be the best way to contact Fantastic. you. Fantastic, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And also I think for the advisors out there, whether you're in this space or you'd like to be, I think that that advisor uh, forum on the 14th of March will be a, a great entree into this, into this whole world of family office and multi-family office space.
1: Thanks, Scott. Thanks. I appreciate the, the, the support there. And yeah, you know, 14th of March in Sydney. We'd love to see um, everyone come along and, and join us uh, for that. Um, but my, my word for this year is renewal. So, um, you know, as I mentioned, we're implementing um, many new things internally at PWN. Uh, I think that the word renewal, if I unpack that a little bit, it's sort of rethinking things it's rebuilding it's about growth Um, but it's also taking a step back and really viewing things trying to view things with fresh eyes Um, so that that's my word this year renewal
0: yeah i reckon that's That's a ripper (laughs) thanks scott (laughs) (laughs) and mate great to have you on board and thank you so much for your time today absolute pleasure thanks thanks scott great work Thanks for listening to The GAF Podcast. We've now developed the Essentials Package for Advisors. It's the collateral's video and training for you to work in this high net wealth space. Also, we're running a course for those who want to work with significant families and significant individuals. For more information, go to thegaff.com.au.